the key is what meaning are we giving to that thought or that that thing that is bothering us that we're suffering with? Welcome to Champions Mojo Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. You'll hear authentic, entertaining stories with tips, lessons, and wisdom from champions to inspire, motivate, and educate you. You'll get the tools you need for becoming a true champion in your own life. And now, your host, Kelly Palace. Welcome, friends. We have an awesome episode of Champions Mojo for you today. Our topic is about pain and suffering, and who better to talk about this than two endurance athletes? We're not going to just be talking about that physical side of pain that you feel in athletics, but we're also going to be talking about emotional and mental pain, and I think that's really more where suffering comes in. I think there's a physical pain, and then suffering tends to be more mental. What do you think, Maria? Yeah, I I was thinking about those two words, too, and I I came to sort of the same conclusion. Suffering also implies longer-term pain, something that maybe goes on for for more time. But I I agree with you that pain is, I sort of um, identify with something physical and suffering more with mental, although I've read that they're the same neurons that fire in your head, so I think that's interesting. Well... We are going to jump right into this topic because I know if someone out there has pain and suffering or wants to know how to deal with it, um, then they really want the answer. They've tuned in and they want the answer. They want to hear something that's going to help them. So, um, And we're going to give it to you. And we're going to give it to you. So the, I, I think you and I said that we were going to each talk about when we have truly you know, suffered and we're going to start with athletics, um, for me, and I, are you starting with an athletic story? Um, I, you know, I hadn't thought to, but I have tons of good suffering stories from athletics. So, <laughs> well, I'm happy you know, to. what we're doing with the podcast is taking um, athletic techniques and helping transfer over to life, which I totally have a story for us today. Do you want me to start or you want to Yes, start? Kelly. Okay. I think yeah, your experience okay. is fabulous. And we've talked about how you deal with suffering and I'm I'm anxious to hear your story. So as a you know a distance swimmer, you just definitely are you're in a little bit of a different place than other athletes because we call it sensory deprivation, face down on the black line. So you're really totally into your thoughts and your feelings where, you know, I've done, of course, triathlons and other sports, and I can kind of distract myself a little bit when I'm running and think, oh, there's a beautiful tree or riding my bike, there's a, a, you know, cloud going by or doesn't the wind feel good in my face or whatever. But in swimming, you are truly face down on a black line and it is you and your thoughts. And when your thoughts become negative, it is just, it makes it even more painful. And pain brings on um, negative thoughts. But so when I'm swimming a distance event, it's very typical to swim on the border of your threshold where you are just, if you go a little faster, you're going to completely lock up and die and 
get off your pace. And if you swim any slower, then you're, it's not going to feel painful, but you're going to just slow down and then you're not going to have a good performance. So it's really kind of a game that you play with yourself where you stay on that, that threshold of, is this a pace I can hold? How long can I hold it? Am I going to die? And so the way obviously that swimmers who swim distance events prepare for this kind of pain is practice. So my story goes back to when I was invited to a distance camp at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, and I was really excited to be one of the up-and-coming, you know, distance swimmers in the country when I was in my, um, you know, late teens, early 20s, and I was invited to this camp, and the coach, one of the coaches there was the famous Chuck Riggs, who was the coach of young Sippy Woodhead, who was the American record holder in the 1650. So I was like, wow, I get to swim under Chuck Riggs. And then there were about 20 of us in the camp, but one of the girls who was in the camp was Karen Burton, who was uh, one of our top, I I think at the time she was maybe our top miler. So I thought, oh gosh, this is it. I'm going to go and get um, to swim with Chuck Riggs, this great coach, and swim among you know, some really super fast swimmers. And I wasn't, you know, a big name. I was just kind of one of the up and comers. And so one of the days in practice, we did a set of 10 800s, which is a pretty long amount of swimming. It's, you know, (laughs) it's 8,000 meters. Terribly long interval. Yeah. So um, that's, that's for swimming, you know, that's going to take around nine or 10 minutes. So it's about a half mile. It's like 10 half miles. And there was not a lot of rest. And I was just so, so excited to be swimming with all these people and under this first, you know, uh, amazing swim coach that on the first one, I just blew it out. Like I just (laughs) went so fast. And I was right up there in front of, you know, I remember I was in front of Karen Burton and I thought, what the heck am I doing? I've got nine more of these things. And so on the second one, I felt pretty good. And I just decided, well, I'm just going to take it one at a time. So I (laughs) I literally... I'm going for it. (laughs) Yeah. I just decided, you know, I'm going to try to lead my lane and be first on every one of them. And if I die, then I just die. I'm just going to stay in that present moment. And that's um, something that, you know, that we've talked about. So each one, I pretended like it was the last one. And beautiful. Yes. And I I ended up having, you know, staying with my pace, all 10 of them. And at the end of the workout, and this is why Chuck Riggs was a great coach, he gave me a little candy bar that I don't even know if these candy bars still exist. And I didn't even know they existed back then. But it was called an animal candy bar. So it was a a white candy bar and it had like zebras and lions and tigers on it. And it was the animal candy bar. And he gave me that candy bar and said, you were the animal of this workout. And the way that I did it, (laughs) I I mean, I was in pain and, but I just took it one, one repetition at a time. And I was really I did what you and I have talked about forever, and this is this is the message out of this story, is called pain in the present. And so if someone's out there dealing with pain, 
it's the anticipation that, oh, this pain is going to go on forever or, um, you know, that if you can just say, you know, the pain might get better. And and there were cert- there's always times within those distance events where I feel terrible in one part of the race. I feel mediocre in another part and I may- might feel great. And those will alternate through. Um, so do you feel like that, Maria, when you're when you're on that threshold? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's it's a great story because you actually taught me that I used to you know, as an adult onset athlete, as we've talked about, I used to really fear pain. And um, I would get all bunched up. And, you know, I'd start to feel uncomfortable. Because as you say, in order to improve, you have to you have to be right on that edge of, um, I can't go any faster, or I'll blow up. But that's a very uncomfortable place to be. And you taught me, you know, don't don't anticipate and don't be afraid. I mean, because it's there's the pain, there's the physical pain, and then there's your emotions about the pain and the emotions about the pain. And I imagine in swimming, that's much worse, as you pointed out. You're so much inside yourself. The emotions can just they can make you quit. They can make you give up. So the idea of just being right there in that moment and not 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 fearing the future, I guess, is what it is, right? Yes, yes. It's it's staying in that present moment and saying, you know, yes, I'm in pain. Everything hurts. I'm right on the edge, but I'm alive. I'm okay. I'm holding my pace right now. And and right. that is, I think, pain in the present for anything is just just key. And you have obviously done it so well. What stories do you have, Maria? Well, for for athletics, you know, as as endurance athletes, we we experience sort of long you know, long events that have a lot of discomfort. For me, I have struggled uh, in cycling with um, my stomach. Um, and, and nausea is a different kind of discomfort. I don't oh, know if you can gosh. Really... I, would, I think it's almost worse than pain. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, um, suffering. So it's I, suffering. Uh, There's the suffering. Yeah, I guess so. But um, and, and towards after usually about 12 hours, if I'm doing a 24-hour event on the bike, uh, my stomach starts to just not feel good. And um, so I was doing this, I was trying to set a new uh, women's record for 24 hours. And um, and sure enough, about 14 hours, my stomach just started being really upset. And, um, you know, and I was, I was knowing, you know, I was fearing that the, uh, the, the, the eight hours ahead of me, the 10 hours ahead of me that, you know, I was not, that I was going to be nauseated. And I, I, I had to bring myself, keep bringing myself back to the moment. Just right now, it's, you know, you're feeling nausea, but you know, there's a good chance you won't feel nausea in the future. And, um, and, and that really does help also for me. Um, and I think you taught me this too, Kelly, what feels good? Like, so if I'm concentrating on my stomach and I feel like I'm going to throw up and I, you know, um, the, uh, this is a distraction technique, uh, you know, okay, so I'm riding along and yeah, my stomach doesn't feel that great, but golly, you know, my arms, my legs, my head feels good. You know, <laughs> you know, there are other parts of me that are doing just great. So, um, in order to get through that, I had to really, I, I just kind of kept inventorying my whole body and going, you know, I feel pretty good. My legs are strong. My, you know, my, my neck, you know, everything feels good. I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm putting out a lot of power. Yeah. I'm nauseated, but you know, everything else is good. And that, that, that actually helped 
I don't know, you know, helped the nausea to go away. And, you know, it would come back and go away. But I love, I love pain in the present. It's because it just reminds you that if you're now, if you're here, then you can, uh, you know, then, then, you know, you're not, you're not, fe- you're not fearing. <laughs> Fear is a terrible thing to bring into life or athletics. Um, yes. It just, it, Maria, it just creates that. Yes. Uh, so pain in the present, yes, is is a great one. But I love your uh, additional observation there, where what is feeling good, and and that's right. so true that you know you might be really tight in your shoulders, but your legs feel good, and and this right. is something that I I thought of with you know, my physical pain of going through red skin syndrome, where my whole like skin would be feeling terrible, but I would look say, well, you know, my back doesn't hurt, you know, my poor husband has, you know, terrible back disability and a lot of back pain, and he can be in just excruciating pain. And so sometimes when, you know, I was suffering with my skin, he would be suffering with his back. And I would say to myself, well, at least my back doesn't hurt, you know, and so (laughs) that's a really great point, you know, that that there's, you know, you can find something that isn't in pain and focus on that and be and and that's a a gratitude thing. But um, I love that. It it is. It's gratitude and gratitude changes everything. You know, if you're thinking about what is good, you know, what's not awful, what's what's going well. So in building this, um, these takeaways for people. So keep your pain in the present, you know, don't, don't fear what's going on with the future. And I want to talk a little bit more on that for another, um, as we build this. And then, um, what is, what is working, you know, in this moment of pain and suffering, what's working, um, and then yeah what's going well yes mm-hmm. and so what else on that maria were you going to talk about anything well else? i was yeah i i guess also um there there's so distraction and and you know in terms of i think i think really um disciplined athletes are always we're always sort of scanning our bodies and thinking what's going well what's going not going well but i you know i know a lot of us use music and so, um, you know, for me, whether it's, whether it's physical pain from athletics or, or mental pain from a bad day or whatever, um, some, sometimes I can, the distraction or the gratitude technique works well. If I, you know, if I listen to music or if I, you know, if I enjoy something that's, I use my senses, I guess is what I would say. I use my senses to take in the good and to find the good around. So music is a beautiful way to to lift your spirits and also looking at something beautiful. It's kind of an extension of gratitude and distraction. It's a way I, I deal with, with pain a lot. Has, do you use that in swimming, Kelly, or in other sports? Oh, I think that's a great one. In fact, um, I, this is crazy, but my song, when I would swim and be in pain in a long swimming race, and it, it just started and then it became one of those. Have you ever heard of a, what is it called, a, a ear mantra. bug? Or a, no, it's not a mantra, but it's like a song you can't get out of your head. Oh, it, an ear, what do they call that? Ear, earworm, earworm, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, earworm or something. Wait, anyway, it was the I Drink Dr. Pepper and I'm Proud song. I drink Dr. Pepper <laughs> That's and great. I'm proud. I'm part of an original crowd. And I, it actually went with my stroke technique. So uh, that was certainly a distraction, I guess, because I didn't have, you know, so, white. Uh, 
yeah, puffy clouds flying over. So, <laughs> so you're, I so sang you, that, you and sometimes Pepper, I still though, even, right? yeah, I still even sing that, you know, like that song. But I think music is a great one. Um, and I wanted to say, I know a lot of people relate to movies, and I was, um, when I did this animal candy bar set at the Olympic Training Center where I, I just, I acted like each one of those was the last one that I was doing. I wanted to just give a movie analogy to that that I saw, of course, much later in life. But one of, you know, I'm a sci-fi movie fan. That's my favorite genre of movies. And the best movie, I think, in sci-fi that's been done in a long time is Gattaca. And it's it's an old one, but a good one. It still holds up. And it, interestingly, uh, and I don't think this has anything to do with it, but the guy was an Olympic gold medalist swimmer in there. And um, but he's one of the stars of it. But the kid that ends up racing his brother in swimming, they always have this race, and he's the less physical, and is he's not one of the genetically engineered superhumans. He's a he's a natural birth, so he's against this genetically engineered superhuman, his brother, who he loves greatly, and then he's just a the average, um, you know, a natural born kid, and they always race the swimming race where they swim out in the ocean as far as they can swim until one of them says uncle, and then they have to swim back. So they do this time and time again. And the, the um, engineer genetically engineered brother is always the one that cries uncle. And in the end he says, you know, how do you beat me? You're, you're, you know, I'm physically superior. And he says, I never think I'm going to swim back. I just, I just swim out as far as I can. And then when, when you say uncle, then I just think that I'm never going to swim back. So that is the same thing, I think. Yeah. It just, yeah, um, I agree. It's just really poignantly done in that movie, Gattaca. And um, it's, a, it's a great movie. But so just, just staying where you are and not thinking about what's ahead is the way to do it. And music certainly is a great one. And um, anything to add on that, Maria? Well, yeah, I, I also do uh, have sort of a song in my head, um, and, and I and I also have a visualization that I do when I'm in pain. I think of myself as a locomotive. Oh, I love <laughs> that it. That sort of remember that little uh, book. I think I can. I, I think, think I, I can. can. I think I can. Of course. <laughs> I but I don't. I don't. It's not like that. It's for me. I I I say to myself, I am unstoppable. And this hurts, but you just keep rolling. You are a locomotive. <laughs> you know, nothing is going to stop you. You're steady. And so, I mean, I think visualization, whatever works for you in your sport, um, also helps. Um, be, it keeps the fear out, really, for me. And maybe, I don't know if it is for you, Kelly. I think you're less fearful than I am about some things. For me, keeping the fear away keeping the fear at bay is the, is the thing and whatever I can use pain in the present, you know, music, uh, visualization of me as, as something powerful keeps the fear down. Yes. Yes. That's, that's a great one. Um, certainly visualizing. I don't think I've ever visualized myself as an Evan Root or anything like that, but I think, um, I can totally see that on in cycling and I'm sure that yeah, people well, yeah, can exactly because our legs that. are pistons. Yeah. Yes. People can apply that to to anyone. I mean if you're just dealing with you know some kind of a physical pain. Um and and the one of the stories that I want to transfer from, you know, any set of ten 
100s or 10 800s or, or you know, any repetitive um, set that I've done or long swim, that so applies to life. I think that applies to life with anything we're doing. And so one of the things that, you know, I recently had that I've talked about on the podcast was um, going through breast cancer and just taking the tech, the techniques of athletes and using them in real life is, is what I want to point out most on this podcast. So um, for those that are squeamish, you might want to just fast forward ahead for about 30 seconds because this next <laughs> little story is, is really squeamish. But I, I do want to tell it because um, it was the most pain that I think I've ever been in. And yet I got through it and, you know, I'm fine and, and I can look back on it now and, and you know, stories are what we, we get out of life. And I think that, you know, that which doesn't uh, kill us makes us stronger. I really believe that. So um, one of the things that they had to do prior to my breast cancer surgery was, and Maria, it was funny because you were holding my hand during this. Um, they said, you can have one person hold your hand. And I looked at you and I looked at my husband and I'm like, Maria, <laughs> I want Maria to hold my hand for this. And I don't know if you I remember. Probably it, but ch- they had chosen you over my husband. <laughs> yeah, Mark was just like, yeah, okay. So <clears throat> it's pre-surgery and we're in the hospital and and they say, and, and I knew this was coming because they had said, we're going to have to do four injections in your nipple for um, with a big needle to get the, the proper dye to go down into where they needed it to be. And um, so the nurse, if you remember, she asked me, now, honey, do you want these one at a time where you can recover in between each one? Or do you want me to just get all four of them done as quickly as possible? And I don't think either one would have mattered, frankly. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I chose the, um, you know, please just get them done as quickly as you can. And so, um, you know, I've been through some painful things, but large, four large needle injections into your nipple are one of the most painful things that I think you can go through. And yet, as I was laying on that table, looking up at the sky, I was totally just envisioning that I had, you know, here's one 800, here's two 800s, I've got one more to go, and and that's the way I got through it. And so um, I think it was just staying, you know, in the present, not anticipating, you know, that this is going to hurt all day, or, you know, it was just, just getting through each one, um, breathing through each one, and that was how I used, you know, the athletic techniques to get me through something that we have in everyday life that's that's tough. Yeah, I remember that. I remember just thinking how incredibly calm you were. Uh, Leading up to it, you were scared. I mean, you admitted that. Oh, I was so um, scared. Yeah. Yeah. But then once you were doing it, you put on your game face. (laughs) I remember thinking, (laughs) she's putting on her game face. Yeah. And you got through it. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, we've got a future episode coming up called performance anxiety. And so that was definitely, uh, that'll definitely fit into there. But yeah, but I, you know, um, I think we've, you know, we've hit on some good points for some take homes that people can use to get through pain and suffering. And and then this is the big one. And I want to attribute this to John Flanagan, who was my swim coach for 
you know, many, many years in my childhood, and then I would come back and swim for him even through college. And, you know, when you're giving a performance of any kind and you don't perform like you want, like if you're, you know, you're supposed to hit a certain time and you don't, then it would just, I would just be suffering through the fact that, you know, I hadn't done this. I, I I can think of an example when I was swimming at NC State and it was like the week before our conference meet and I had, you know, I wanted to make NCAAs and I had to do a broken 500 free and in order to make the cut, I had to hold, I don't know, 55s with a certain amount of rest and <clears throat> I couldn't break 58 on any one of them. And I was so crestfallen. I was just suffering. I was full of anxiety. And it was the question that John Flanagan would say, what does this mean? You know, it's the meaning that we're giving our thoughts. So in my mind, it was, um, if I'm holding 58s today, I'm not going to be able to hold 55s, which is not true. I mean, it could just be, I wasn't feeling good that day, or, you know, I, I, hadn't hit my taper yet. Maybe I was going to hit my taper in a week. So I think just in general, it's the key is what meaning are we giving to that thought or that that thing that is bothering us that we're suffering with? And what are your thoughts on that, Maria? Yeah, that that's I think that's really really true. It's like so there's the there's the pain and then there's the emotion and then there are the thoughts or the meaning associated with it. And I <clears throat> that's a really great story because I think we can uh when we feel pain things can be chaotic. And we can let our uh our fears and our thoughts just kind of run wild. And you know, I I um I, another story that I was going to tell about pain that just impressed the heck out of me um, was watching my daughter go through child childbirth. She had um, she had prepared um, by by using a technique called hypno hypno birthing. She really really prepared well, but you know I was thinking to myself, well, you know you don't know what it's going to be like when you're actually there, having had four children myself. I knew, but as I watched her, I was, I was just so impressed because she, she, she told herself a story about each contraction that was a true story, that this is something good, that this is bringing new life, that this is, she didn't, you know, whereas I, when I was in labor or I've experienced pain, you know, I'd be, oh my gosh, I, that one was so bad. I can't do the next one or whatever, you know, and, and I'm never going to get through this. And, you know, and, and this is awful. And, but the stories that she was telling herself with her thoughts, which she, she prepared. So I think that's sort of another, if you can prepare, <laughs> preparation is really good. It helps, but she had prepared and the stories she was telling herself through each uh, pressure wave is what they call them. In that technique, you know, were were beautiful stories. My baby's coming. This is good. This is natural. I am healthy. I am beautiful. I am, you know. So, um, so I I totally agree. It's it's the it is it is the stories that we tell ourselves. You know, what does it mean? You know, does this it's, does this pain mean death and dismemberment, or does this pain mean health and future? Um, so yeah, I, I like I like that. Oh, I, I love that analogy that, you know, what is more painful than childbirth and yeah. what you're thinking definitely affects that. And that is actually her second 
100% natural childbirth, right? Right, right. She's yes. done it twice. Yeah. So that, mm-hmm. yeah, that's really, really impressive. And um, preparation. So even, obviously, if you're an athlete out there listening, you're going to prepare for a race or some you know, event coming up or a performance where you're prepared for that pain and suffering. Or if you are someone suffering with a physical ailment, you may not have been prepared going into it. You know, let's say you get in a car accident and you hurt your neck. Um, you, you didn't prepare for that. But if it's an ongoing suffering, then you can certainly say, I wasn't prepared this week, but next week I am going to be prepared with some of these, you know, topics that we're, you know, discussing, which, um, again, just building on, you know, what we've said is um, keeping pain in the present and um, making... And I, and I you yeah. know, I would add to that, that, you know, we've talked in the past about suffering that we choose and suffering that we don't choose. Right, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and there's so much suffering in this world that we don't choose. And we, we all are likely, I remember um, Scott Peck in The Road Less Traveled, he said, you know, that we're all going to experience pain. There's no way you can get through life without experiencing suffering and pain. And and um, and so knowing that and sort of accepting it and and having this these I you know, these ways to sort of deal with it I think it can be really helpful. And I think athletics does teach us that. It does teach us how to deal with with difficult things. I, I I always, you know, I know you do this too, Kelly, but if I'm ever doing anything hard, even the dentist's office, I'm, I'm getting my teeth cleaned and it's uncomfortable and I'm thinking, okay, this is the first mile. This is, you know, this is the, you know, yes. this is, yeah. I'm using my, my little, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself, you know, I'm making it an, an, an event and the story I'm telling myself is that at the end it's going to be better. I'm going to have clean teeth or whatever. So I, I, I think if, even if you're not an athlete, you can use, you can think about about training for difficulties if you know they're coming or once they hit, you know, pain in the present, distraction and or gratitudes and, and, you know, and, and the story we tell ourselves about what this pain means. So. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What, what does it mean? And then not project that it's always going to be there or that it's, you know, the future pain or what it, you know, what is the, the, this meaning that it's going to cause just deal with it right there. So, so that is, that's really um, a beautiful, beautiful story with, you know, childbirth and, and how that's affected, you know. So um, wonderful. Well, in our things that we're trying to do is you, you did a nice wrap up there on, um, you know, keeping pain in the present, focusing on what else is working, having gratitude um, for you know, what is working during your pain, then, you know, even some music, uh, something that kind of ties in, but distraction of music and, and then don't, you know, what meaning are you giving this that's causing pain and stress? And, you know, I, again, I can say this with my skin, whenever I would have a bad skin day, I would think this, the meaning I was giving it that this is never, I'm never going to heal. And that meaning just made me suffer so much because I healed, you know, but I would suffer. I would make myself suffer even more when I was in pain because I didn't, because the meaning I gave waking up with a flare 
was uh, this is never going to go away. That was the meaning I gave it, which was wrong. So what meaning are we giving it? So those are kind of our four clues. And anything oh, any, I, I might like yeah. to add one more because yeah. I think it's you, you've mentioned it. We sort of alluded to it um, is you can get help. You know, so sometimes, you know, Kelly, you, you held my hand when you had that big needle yes. <laughs> go into your nipple and you've gotten help and support through your uh, red skin. And I, and I, many times when I've experienced suffering, I've, it's hard, but I've reached out and I've gotten help. So I think that's, that's another thing. It doesn't necessarily, you know, happen in the middle of, well, even in the middle of an event for me, I get, I get help. I'll ask, you know, you know, I'm really, I'm having a hard time here, guys. I need some encouragement and people, people will give it. Yeah, that is a great one. If you have the opportunity to get help for sure, I cannot ask for help in the middle of my face down goggles, water full of mouth, mouth full of water, water full of mouth. Um, So yeah, just definitely getting help. And especially if you're, you know, you're truly suffering from, um, you know, some, something that is beyond what you can help. But I think these things are for when you're in that quiet, lonely moment, and it's just you that you can use these tactics until you could get some help for sure. That's a great point, Maria. I love it. So um, with our new format, we are going to go over action items that we want to, you know, if somebody can have some takeaways, if they go out of this podcast, what action item would you give somebody, Maria, who was dealing with pain and suffering and how they might be able to help themselves? I, yeah, I, I, I think my favorite technique is is the meaning making or storytelling um, aspect of anything difficult and so um, if I if 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 somebody out there is experiencing something really difficult um, I would I would say you know what what is the story you're telling yourself about this pain or this suffering and and is it and is it true because usually you know, you can find something, something, a way to think about it that is, that is more helpful and more positive. Um, you know, like in the example you gave of your skin, even when, uh, you know, uh, I was going through brain cancer, my sister had brain cancer and I was with her, you know, we would, we would talk about all the gifts, all the gifts that, that we, that this, that her illness gave us. So, so try to tell a story that is helpful and true. Yes. What about you, Kelly? What's, yeah. What would be your takeaway? I think I would ask people to be prepared. You know, just be prepared that life is going to throw something at you. Your race is going to throw something at you. That 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 um, life is painful. In in you know, if you're an athlete listening, yes, your races are going to hurt. They do. So just be prepared <laughs> yes. with something, whatever it is. If it's your little commercial jingle that you sing to yourself a song um if (laughs) locomotive locomotive locomotive. what but have that you know that that power mantra that little thing that you know i i have a little thing you know anybody who knows me knows that i suffer with anxiety and i when i get into a place i say i say these words i am calm i am peaceful i am relaxed i am calm I am peaceful. I am relaxed. And those words just flow out of me naturally. And they just lower my cortisol and they lower my blood pressure. And 
Um, so be prepared with something that's helps you it could it could be you're singing your favorite song it could be a power mantra it could be something but um you know like i said if you if you're going into a race then you know that but if you're going into the dentist and you go in thinking you're just getting your teeth cleaned and they find uh, oh my gosh you know you've got a small little cavity here and we just we can get rid of this right now and then all of a sudden you're being drilled and you're you're getting a shot and you're in pain then have something prepared that you can go somewhere else for you know your relief oh gosh and you know what I gotta tell a story because really quick I know stories are important but um, it goes back to needles I had a swimmer who had to get um, cortisone shots in her knee she was a breaststroker and I went with her this is when I was coaching at University of South Carolina one of my top you know swimmers and she went in there and it was gigantic like four gigantic needle shots just like I went through um into her knee and she was so calm and I said what how how did you go through that without any response at all she said I was not in that room coach she said I was swimming (laughs) yeah I was swimming with dolphins she was in her happy place on a Caribbean island so, you know, just have that happy place, have a, you know, something prepared in your life that when something bad comes up, you can change the neural pathway from going to worst case scenario to going to a Caribbean island. I love it. All right. Well, that is going to put a wrap on this show. And um, we so appreciate you guys listening. And if you really like us, then um, please, you know, subscribe to us on YouTube. That's where we're trying to develop our audience. And um, you can download on all of the normal locations. But um, if you could subscribe on YouTube, you would just get a once a week notice when our videos come out with, with the podcast. So we really appreciate you listening today. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes from William Parker. As much as we would like to avoid pain and suffering, they are some of life's best teachers. We are so grateful that you spent this time with us today, and we hope that you heard something that inspired, motivated, and educated you. Please see below for our copy of the show notes for any links or important information referenced here. Signing off for myself and champion co-host Kelly Palace. we hope you'll join us again soon, and we know you can be a champion. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast, designed to make you feel inspired, motivated, and educated. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Also, visit championsmojo.com to learn more.